On today's episode, we discuss the game plan against Duquesne, how all roads lead to Pitt, and we have a special announcement at the end of the episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Russ show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealon's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching the Ryan and Russ show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you in to another edition of the Ryan and Russ show, your source for West Virginia sports. Interesting setup this week, Ryan, against Duquesne. We have Pitt next week. You got to play this game a little carefully, but at the same time, this is kind of the get right game uh, to, to play Pitt here coming up. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? How should the Mountaineers approach this? I think you said it perfectly, Rush, where you're kind of playing yourself this week. This is a week to get better. They say in college football, uh, you get you make the most improvements, the most strides between week one and week two, and, and this is a good chance. And we have a bad taste in our mouth, so it's time to get it out um, and, and play well. Play well in front of a good crowd and get some momentum going into pit, mm-hmm. and I think they will. So I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to, the energy of this football team. They talked about it. Got to start fast. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a uh, spirited effort at Mountaineer field on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. And I think the way we need to look at it, obviously don't, don't from a football team standpoint, don't look, look ahead to pit. Obviously we know they're coming here next week. We, we have a whole week for, for the pageantry, everything going on involved with the backyard brawl, but specifically for this week is I don't necessarily see this game against Duquesne. Obviously, that's what it is, but I see it as a kind of a West Virginia versus West Virginia type of game, a game where, hey, how do we get better? Hey, what what against Penn State do we need to work on? Hey, what does Pitt do well that maybe we need to clean up on? And of course, don't take this game for granted. There is that kind of fine line of making sure you don't shoot yourselves in the foot working on you know the things that you need to work on. But don't forget, this is a game. You're not trying to pull a Baylor-Texas State last week. But navigating that fine line, and I think the, the Mountaineers can – actually, they have to do it this weekend against Duquesne. Yeah, I, and we've seen teams in the, in the past over the years where you take advantage. For example, Pitt, they slept walk through Youngstown. Youngstown beat them one year. Everybody remembers the big house where – uh, Appalachian State goes into um, Michigan and gets it done. That was before they transitioned to the FBS. We've seen James Madison down the road in Harrisonburg pick off Virginia, Virginia Tech. So if you're not ready to play, and 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 we had Zach on from from Pittsburgh Sports now uh, breaking down this Duquesne Duke team. They're good, they're a good football team at their level. So and you know what we've seen it so many times. We see it in March Madness sports, a team that's got nothing to lose. Man, they're going to come in. Guns blazing, play their tails off. I mean, a lot of these guys on Duquesne grew up in the in the area, Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh area. Some are West Virginia kids. So, I mean, they're going to want to play really well, and maybe they can turn it into, uh, parlay it into an opportunity at a Power 5 school with the transfer portal being um, the way it is, the way it's set up. And I'm sure some may have a chip on their shoulder. Some may be like, hey, I yep. felt like I was good enough to play at West Virginia or at least yep. a backup type of role. Hey, I, I had opportunities at, or I should have had opportunities at other school for this, that or the other reason it didn't work out at Duquesne. So I'm going to show everyone what what I'm made of. Ryan, let me ask you this because you've been 
obviously in a locker room before you're you, mm-hmm. you worked for Bob Huggins in the basketball team. When you go against what, you know, a buy game where you're paying a team to come play you, how how do you keep the team focused on that game and not slip up? That's a million dollar question because like I said, it, it, it's it's hard to sell your team because they I mean they they have a sense of reality. They know Duquesne is not pit. And we see it in basketball all the time when teams get picked off by little brother. I think it's easier, much easier coming off a loss. So everybody's got a bad taste in your mouth. You should be motivated to get that out of your uh, system and go prove everybody that this is a better football team than than, uh, the second half or how the Penn State game ended. But it's hard. I I think being truthful to them, you can't talk up Duquesne like they're Alabama. I mean, everybody, the, the players will see right through that. You have to be honest and say, hey, this is a team that's undersized. But they're skilled and they're and they're fast. And the only reason that they're not at the power five level is because they're undersized. That doesn't mean from a skill set that they're yeah. um not on par with some of our guys, but instead of being sit like at basketball at the guard position, like we usually play five, nine, five, ten guards. It, it instead of being six foot, six foot one, they're at that level because they're undersized. It's the same thing with football. Their offensive line are smaller, their linebackers are smaller. Probably their quarterback is five ten, but he can move around. Um, I think you just got to be brutally honest, and it's a game to get better. And I think you got to challenge your starters. Be like everybody on this football team has earned the right to play. Um, in the preseason, everybody's gone through the weight room, the 6 a.m. conditioning. Starters, it's on you to make sure that your underclassmen and the backups get an opportunity to play because we may not get an opportunity like this the rest of the year playing 11 power five. So it's on the starters to set the tone, in my opinion. What do you think about playing Duquesne week two? Would you Are you the type of guy, would you rather open up against an FCS opponent? Um, I know we've been talking about all week with Neil Brown yeah. and three straight um, I mean, and I'm not even saying you putting Penn State to the side, putting the sandwich spot to the side, just purely talking Duquesne and FCS football is when do you think the right time to play an FCS opponent is? Uh, not when uh, the SEC does <laughs> right before uh, the Iron Bowl or, or when LSU plays it right before Alabama. I think that's a joke. Um, I think in I'll, I'll steal the trade from you, Rush. This is your idea, and I think it's fantastic. I, I think if you want to play a, a week zero game, it should be, or sorry, an FCS game. It should happen in week zero. And I think mm-hmm. that that should be kind of your preseason. Because I heard Neil, and I kind of agree with what Neil said, that the college football guys don't get a preseason. They don't get a scrimmage like uh, the NFL yeah. guys do. Treat week zero against an FCS like a scrimmage, like a preseason game. Obviously, you can't lose it. But um, I think week zero should be for these power fives playing this F- playing FCS games, everybody's starving for football. So everybody's going to watch it. So yeah. And, and I really think that we should be able to scrimmage another power five team in the spring. I think you would sell tickets. I think it's, I think a, it's more it's reps for guys and, and it's a controlled atmosphere. Kind of like we were doing with George Mason at, at basketball, mm-hmm. a controlled charity game uh, for years and years with hugs. It went to the Norma May foundation. Um, I'm not sure where it's going this year. I'd have to look that up, but I think it, raise some money for charity and get some butts in the seat and get excited in the spring. Honestly, that you—that's another great idea. Yes, it's—I I brought this up. If if you are if you would like to play an FCS opponent and count towards your bowl record, it should happen during week zero, which then would officially make it the week one, right? And then 
uh, you can play your mid majors or lower power fives till your conference play. But hey, here's an interesting idea for you, Ryan. Is you know, I, I don't know how on board Marshall would be about it, but play Marshall in the springtime. Do a West Virginia Agreed. kind of a combined state Marshall versus West Virginia. I mean, you don't even have to make it the clearest cut, you know, mix in the guys and make it some charitable thing for the state of West Virginia, either a coal miners fund or, you know, healthcare. What you could pick, yeah. there's a million of them out there. And especially in a state where, you know, we, we, we could use some benefits like that, but I, I like that idea. Play Marshall in the springtime. Um, Cause they definitely for, don't want to play us during that. I mean, we should be playing them during the season, but they, they, they got tired of their butts getting beat. So uh, they don't, they don't want to do that anymore, but yeah, the, this FCS team in Duquesne, I mean, Zach was telling us, and if you didn't get the opportunity two days ago, Tuesday, uh, we had Zach Weiss on from Pittsburgh sports now kind of breaking down this team and this team does have players. They do have some dogs. Uh, I was a little nervous when he said the score of the game, his prediction was 35, 17. If it ends up being 35, 17, uh, <laughs> it kind of already makes me speechless just thinking about it, Ryan. We 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 cannot have that. I I think we need to look towards. I don't even want him scoring a touchdown. Nevertheless, a field goal. I think we need to look for an old fashioned shutout, which I think we did against Long Island two two years yeah. ago. I don't think they scored, and I think we need that. I think we need one of those fifty were- to sixty six to zero type of games to really get the fire going, uh, especially playing Pitt next. Yeah, uh, they're they're not Long Island bad though. That's the only thing. Like Long yeah, Island, are- Long Island might have been the worst football team I've ever seen in my life. I'm I think Morgantown High could beat Long Island. <laughs> That's how bad they were. Um, I think they're kind of similar to Towson, but we put it on Towson last year. Yeah. So I'm with you. I, I like that 56 to 10 range. I mean, you may give up a big play here or there, but I think everybody wants to see some explosive offense for a change after watching that on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm ready to see some Nico too. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and I don't mean that is I'm getting off the, the Garrett Green. Garrett Green should be the starter. He's the one with the experience. We've talked about it. He did pretty well against uh, Penn State. Obviously, a lot of room for improvement, um, but he, he's still done enough to keep the job as the starter. But I'm just, I'm say first half, you know, you, you, you're able to run it up with Green, maybe make it 35 nothing, 42 nothing, bring out Nico the second half, see what he's capable of. It's more, I'm just, we, we, we've seen him a little bit in the spring game. We saw him a little bit at the Oklahoma State game at the end. Let's see what he – actually, let's see what both quarterbacks, but specifically because we haven't seen much about Nico, can do against on paper and technically a lesser team that we shouldn't lose to. I agree. I, I think I want to see a little bit of everything. I want to see Jaheim White. I want to see Rodney yeah. Gallagher. I want to see some of these like these it. babies, as as I like to call them, the freshmen. Uh, Ray at, at the wide receiver position. Poke. I want I want to see a little bit of that. Yeah, Poke. I, I, the transfers. I think this is a game. You got we we got to get some guys that are going to help us in league play, get some reps and, and contribute. I know what I'm getting with CJ Donaldson. I know what I'm getting with this mm-hmm. offensive line. I know what I'm getting with. Uh, 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 Devin Carter on the outside and uh, Garrett Green. I, I want to see a little bit more from him throwing the ball because sure. a lot of people are calling out he can't throw the ball. I don't agree with that. I think he's he doesn't have the biggest arm strength, but I also think he's good enough to get the job done in the Big 12. Can he spread the ball out? Can, and I would like to see can he stay in the pocket a little longer too and step? I'm not saying he's a pocket passer. I'm yeah. not being like, oh, Garrett Green needs to be in the pocket. No, that's not where his strength is. Actually, I, I like him rolling around. I like him, you know 
being able to be like, oh, is he going to pass it or run the ball? But really, there are some plays, Ryan, where it's, it's hey, can, can he stay in the pocket, maybe run a play action, run an RPO, stay in that pocket, spread the ball around. I, another thing, too, and this isn't just a West Virginia thing. This is a, I think this is just an evolution of football type of thing. I would like to see Garrett Green under center more, especially in a running type of offense, a run dominant. It, it's weird. I, I don't get it. It's like you even see it in the NFL now. It'll be third and goal or whatever it is, goal from the one, and they're running shotgun. And so I I, I think running some more play action and, and running Garrett Green under center, I think that can open some things up, especially the passing game. Um, and, and he might be able to take off more too himself. Yeah. And Coos is in the chat. So shout out Kuz to and Paul. I, he, yeah. He makes a good, he makes a good point. I mean, um, he missed some layups is what Neil said. Yeah. He's got to make the easy ones uh, the fourth down kind of slant route, I guess is what I'll, I'll call that thing. He missed that throw. You got to have that throw. That's, that's a, that, that's a layup as Neil Brown would say. You got to hit, you got to hit your singles and the home runs will come and the extra base hits will come. Um, and, and Kenny makes a good point in the chat too. I am worried about his health. I mean, he ran the ball 15 times, but also has we're not going to play. We're not going to play a front that has NFL dudes, as I like to say, like Penn state again this year, the only team I guess on paper that has that kind of talent would be Texas, but I mean, they're not even on the schedule, but I, they're not on the same level as Penn state from a NFL prospect standpoint. So I, I think the, the easier the schedule gets a little bit, the softer it gets here over the next couple of weeks compared to what we just played. I think it'll uh, make Garrett green look better. Agreed. All right, Ryan, let's, let's talk about, I know we talked about different things we would like to see um, how we hope this game plays out again, not, you can't take any opponents lightly you respect your opponent and, and know what they're potentially capable of. But what are three areas of improvement you would like to see from this West Virginia football team? I think I'll speak for the uh, fan base on this first one. I want to see some chunk plays, man. I I, I love grounding and pounding. I, I love being able to run the ball five, six yards of carry. But I also want to see some chunk plays down the field. I want to see some guys get involved in the passing game other than Devin Carter. Um, second, I want I want to see a little more consistency in the secondary, too. Had, had left some plays out on the field. If the Duquesne guys throw us the ball, I'd like to see us capitalize and capitalize off those turnovers. And third, I, I think the main thing I want to see, I want to see some leadership, and I think it starts with the offensive line guys. I think it starts with uh, Zach Frazier, Milam, Remack. I, I, those guys set the tone, put this game away. Don't make this a game. Don't make this a 35-17 in the fourth quarter. We're still having to sweat it out. Make it to the point where we're thinking about uh, that lo- that loaded night slate with Alabama, Texas, and all those games, and we're thinking about Pitt watching Pitt versus Cincinnati. Don't don't make this a game in the fourth quarter because the more we see the March Madness every year, you let a, you let that little guy hang around, they start believing they can play with you, and next thing you know, crazy things can happen. The ball can bounce one way, so put it away early, put your uh, foot on their throat, and uh, put them out of their misery. For my three areas of improvement slash what I would like to see is first drive touchdown. The second the offense gets the ball, you're scoring. First first drive right away. 
Second, on the defensive side, I want to see two forced fumbles, whether we recover them or not, but show that you, two forced fumbles, show that you can get in there and bat that ball away. And I'd also like to see two interceptions for make up for the two interceptions that we didn't have against Penn State. And then finally, what, what we were talking about with the young guys, show that we can depend on them. Well, you know, football's a war of attrition. We never wish injuries on anyone, any opponent, or anything. But it's just the reality of this game that is played. And so knowing that you are a little deeper than you might have originally thought you were, or, hey, you know, this this starter's not giving us what we need. Like, put this guy in to give us the spark. Um, uh, let's let's. I want to see some plays from the young guys, Ryan. Completely agree. No, I, I, I the, the message is clear here. Your upperclassmen need to set the tone so the young guys can progress and help us when we need them in league play. When you get into the second, third stringers, week seven, eight of the depth chart, the dog days of the Big Twelve season, late October into November, it's time to get those guys some reps so they can help us later in the year. I also like what Kenny said here. He needs to go through his progressions instead of being a one-trick pony. Yeah, it would be nice to see Garrett Green go through his progressions and, uh, yeah, maybe the second, third read type of thing. But uh, I, what I would also like to see is whoever's open, that the ball gets passed to as well. I don't care what number on the progressions it is. I Hey, even if it's your first, you know, so be it. But but definitely show us some promise there and, and a, definitely a good opportunity to work on the passing game. And like we said, don't take this opponent lightly, but it is kind of a little bit of the calm before the before the enemy of the North storm. So so do what you need to do. Get right, get the minds right, and 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 let it rip for for the Mountaineers. Um, we thank you all for another great week in the books. Excited for this game. We'll be out in the tailgate lot. So if you come, uh, come find us. Come see us. We'll we'd love to meet you. Love to meet you in person. We appreciate all the support. But before we let you go, uh, Ryan, we interviewed someone earlier today that's special uh, to Mountaineer Nation or is starting to become special, and we'll release that episode tomorrow. You want to let the audience know uh, who will be on tomorrow's, the what we like to call the Flex Friday edition of <laughs> the Ryan and Russ show? Yeah, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow morning because we got the athletic director of the West Virginia Mountaineers, Ren Baker. Uh, join the show. We just got that uh, interview ran earlier today, and that will release tomorrow morning. And hey, he was he was brutally honest with with mm-hmm. his answers, and really thank him. He's a busy man, so kind of reflected on the first nine months on the job. Uh, it's not the usual nine months uh, that every <laughs> athletic director starts that he's had to deal with. So I really appreciate Ren taking the time. He's a really good dude down-to-earth uh, Midwest guy from Oklahoma. So, And he was a former manager, and he's a basketball guy. So that I joked with him initially. I was all in on Ren because he's a basketball guy. So, yeah, I really appreciate Ren. And I, I think everybody watching this show will really uh, enjoy some of uh, Ren's insight and plans going forward. Yeah, definitely salt-of-the-earth type of guy. And like Ryan said, we asked him the tough questions, and he answered him. He didn't do the – the politically, you know, navigate no. through the answer type of thing. So we won't spoil anymore. We'll save the episode tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably release it, you know, sometime in the morning. I know people are traveling. They got work. They're getting ready for the game Saturday. So we want to make sure we give you as much time as possible to, to listen to the episode. Like you said, it's a great one. But, hey, another great week in the books. Next week is, well, next week's next week and when things really begin. So we're <laughs> looking forward to it. Again, come find us tailgating. We love you all and uh, go Mountaineers.
See you guys. Go Mountaineers. Have a good weekend.